0: Hey, welcome. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money.
1: Also, we have a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic. If you go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 103. Again, that is gregoryricks.com slash podcast 103.
0: That movie title was The Biggest Little Farm. Like, seen it four times on my way back from Europe a few weeks back. I watched it again. I'm like, gosh, that's such a great financial movie. But the description tells you it's about a couple buying a farm. That the farm's dead. The trees were dead. There wasn't no grass growing. There was no animals. The birds didn't even want to go there. It's a great story. Fun. But me, I see financial stuff when when i see movies but you would expect that from me regarding you know financial talk show there's another movie that i think is uh and and it's kind of a financial movie but it's finance of baseball moneyball that was like, wow, there's some great money concepts in that. But and moneyball with Brad Pitt is a da- it, it's about being data driven in baseball, kind of altered baseball when they change their thinking. And instead of going on gut instincts, well he looks like a uh you could just say he, he's a baseball player. No, it's and then some say, no, it's really more about the data not his stride or how he looks or how he talks more data i think data in financial services is really important and what i was talking with you about in last segment is how data driven you know uh Most of market cap, ninety-seven percent of market cap is uh, made up of less than a thousand companies. Fifty percent of market caps made up of less than fifty companies. There's over five. There's somewhere around forty-five hundred to five thousand stocks out there, and you're going stock picking. Most of. The market cap is concentrated. So you haven't got to go out there trying to figure it out. But what we have to have is diversification. Yeah, I like me some stocks, but I'm not going to go pick crazy stuff. I like the indices. That skews a higher return than stock picking. And we've, I've got podcasts about this topic out there as well. That we don't have to reinvent the will. We can let that cycle of financial life work for us. But let's let's talk about the other shift that where you can have that balance of. Of asset, and I like multiple asset classes. So I want a stock asset class. I want a bond asset class, but I also want some buffers. I want tactical into the mix because tactical, uh, I'll, I'll define as I want money, a block of, or an asset class, so to speak, that follows momentum of what's in favor is where it shifts to. If nothing's in favor, it goes to cash. The biggest problem people have with investing, for most people, is the going down. Things not working, even in the short term, they, people, humans cannot see very far into the future because the market go down. Like, oh, I'm I'm going to lose all my money. You know, I had many conversations over the past couple years where somebody called a little bit worried, and I. So do you realize you're setting in uh, 50% of your money sitting in treasuries short-term? Oh, I thought I was all invested. No, because you get 50% in quantitative tactical, meaning it's follow momentum. There's no momentum, so it shifted to cash. The stock stuff, we're, we're there for the long-term. We're We're not going to let that disrupt us but we also like some bonds, bonds didn't fare well for the short term. So we adjusted those to shorter duration because of the impact. It's Once again, it's also data-driven. But I also like another asset class that's really important, and that's index-linked investing. We use insurance companies to pick up the risk, and we capture the upside of the market. Because what did we talk about earlier? By decades, the market historically is up seven out of 10 years. I want those up years. Those negative years, I'd like it to be zero. I don't want to participate in those. So I, because one of the things you understand, you know, the problem with being heavily invested in stocks and when it pulls back like it has the past couple years, you have to make up that ground. You have to get back up to get even then to growth. But if you don't participate in the downside or tacticals limited that or buffers protected you from that or index link doesn't let you protect, participate in the downside. So when it goes up, you're capturing the upside immediately. You know, in war school, you know what's the problem with war? Losing ground. It's very expensive to go get it back. It costs a lot in equipment, and it costs a lot in lives. That's war. Generals don't like to have to recover lost ground. Because why? They don't want to lose the ground because they got to go back and get it. It's very expensive. Money? We don't want to lose money. It takes time to go get it back. I don't want to have to recover much in losses. So I don't want big losses. What I want is a cycle where momentum's keeping me ahead overall. I don't worry about an asset class here or there that's pulled back a little bit because I'm ahead in other areas and I'm going to make that up in the not too far out as well. But everything is cycling and, and gives us a higher probability of having success in the future. That's how you have to think about it. Now let's shift to income. One thing that I have found through data is depending on your asset class, you probably should be around 3 to 4% on an income stream from assets, meaning your assets should last 30 years, maybe more. If you violate that, it's probably going to last less. Now, I'll define it this way. I always kind of say if you're taking a 4% income stream from assets, it's probably going to stru- that 4% income stream is probably going to stress your assets over time. I'll define what I mean by stress, meaning the principal's not going to stay completely intact. There'll be some sort of spend down, and if you live longer, there'll be more. So, one of the questions are is our objective to make sure we don't run out of income, or is it to keep all assets intact? Because sometimes discussion is, "Wow, Judge, I want to leave everything behind to the kids. And some discussions is, I'm not worried about leaving behind. We'll leave some. I'm just m- wanting to make sure I don't run out of money, that I can continue my lifestyle. That's easier. And when they said, well, I just want to make sure everything's intact, that's probably not going to happen the way you're envisioning it. But you should be able to leave a great deal behind in your case. But to leave it all might not be realistic. In some cases, there's enough assets subject to income, like... Let's just say, hypothetically, you have $2 million, but you're taking a 25 to 3% income stream from assets, and you're never going to move out of that range. Well, in that person's case, they're probably leaving more behind as a gross amount. Depending on taxability of those accounts, qualified money, Uncle Sam's going to get his part. Because they've got those uh, non-spouse beneficiaries got to take it out over 10 years. So, it, yeah, it's taxes are going to impact, that's why we should be focusing on how we can get more money into Roth accounts or our max income strategy, our max funding strategy to get more money in a tax-free cash flow during retirement. And that's a, you've always got to think about taxes into the mix. So we can have those proper asset classes, but we also have to provide data regarding what strategies gives me the most efficient income stream subject to taxes. I want to minimize taxes. I want to get as much as I can into a tax-free income world. Some of that means we're going to pay some taxes right now. Because if I and think about this, if I can get a hundred thousand dollars after tax money, and then it grows tax-free going forward by decades, say use the rule of seventy-two at uh, seven. 0.2%. It doubles every 10 years. 100000 goes to 200000 200000 goes to 400000 400000 400, goes to 800000 I just took you through 30 years of retirement. And say you leave it to them in a Roth, they have another uh, 10 years before they have to take it out because it's in a Roth account, that $800,000 is now $1.6 million of tax-free money that you've left behind. But how about in addition to that, creating t- other tax-free income? That's where you have that financial world cycling in your favor in a tax-efficient manner. Now, we, we've got, you know, possible, possible recession coming. Fed in the previous meeting stated, they see it as end of the year. Generally, the Federal Reserve does not predict that, but they did, so we'll see. We know there's a lot of tightening going on out there. we still just got another quarter-point rate hike. We'll talk about the money supply, but possibility. Layoffs is a 10-step layoff survival guide. This might help you if you think your company might be tightening, they're moving, so forth. 10-step layoff survival guide. Go to GregoryRicks.com slash layoff and uh, if you've got some questions on anything that I've talked about so far today reach out to my office I've got offices in Baton Rouge Louisiana Mandeville Louisiana Mattery Louisiana and Gulfport Mississippi and of course we could help you by phone do video meetings there's one number to call Just one number. If you just need to use us as a sounding board, start a conversation, or have a sit down. We'll go ahead and give you that number. It's 504-832-9200. The website is GregoryRicks.com. All of our conversations and meetings are non-threatening. You're not going to be, you're not going to have to make a decision. Nobody's going to like, oh, you got to become a client today. You got to sign here, do this. No, it all starts as a fit conversation. If you're looking to talk about seeing if we're a fit working together, because we, we see it as a fit meeting as well. It's to get a question answered, just call and ask a question. We're, we're going to help you. We are, we are of service to you. But if you're looking for somebody to work with ongoing, going forward, it's going to be a fit visit to see if we can bring value by putting your interests first. And is this, can we bring value can we have a long-term relationship? And that's how you should be looking at, at that again, is adding value for long-term. And we can have that discussion. And if we're not a fit, it's, it is okay. We totally get that. So five zero four eight three two ninety two hundred 832 9200 gregoryrickscom is the website, and we've had a uh, request of that that financial movie about a farm, and, and it's about a farm and the cycle of life, but way I think, and it is a great, fun movie to watch, for, and it has great entertainment value, but I, I see things in cycles and data, and it's the biggest little farm must see. Fun, fun movie. I think I've seen it three or four times over the past few years. I just thoroughly enjoy it. The Big old Hog, making friends with the rooster, great part and center of the story and 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 the success of getting everything working like in that movie. So we gave you a uh, 10-step layoff survival guide, uh, gregoryricks.com slash layoff. Okay, so let's talk about the Fed rate hike here a little bit. Federal Reserve signaled that they might be done raising interest rates for now after approving another increase at their meeting that concluded Wednesday. I'm referencing a Wall Street Journal article. People did talk about pausing but not so much at this meeting uh, Fed chair said at a news conference, We feel we're getting closer, maybe even there. It was a unanimous decision at their 10th consecutive rate increase aimed at battling inflation. All 11 members of the rate committee agreed on the increase. So there wasn't any indecision or headbutting. There. So, one of the things they're looking at is they are becoming more data driven at this point. Instead of focusing on, they're going to take a look at the impact of their decisions and see how it looks going forward to see then. Are there any signs of adjusting their monetary policy by looking at the data going forward? Steady job growth and brisk wage gains could sustain higher inflation. The Fed's preferred inflation gauge, the personal consumption expenditures price index, rose 4.2% in March from a year earlier. That was down from previous months 5.1% increase. I, I think it's good because now they've gone to, instead of focus on raising rates and forecasting, they've got raises. They've basically forecasted a pause and they're going to look at the data. Uh, Powell had pushed back against expectation of rate cuts this year but he acknowledged that investors expecting inflation to fall quickly could take that view we on the committee have a view that inflation is going to come down not so quickly in that world if the forecast is broadly right it would not be appropriate to cut rates we won't cut rates the market's kind of pricing in rate cuts into the year. We're hearing talk about it. Some of our institutional guidance is that. So, some of the we're having to take that into consideration that rates might go down a little bit. I would not think it's going to move down much. We're not like going back to a 1% world from this 4% world. 10 year treasuries are a bit above 3.5%. Mortgage rates, depending, you're around 6.5% ballpark on 30-year mortgages at this time. I'm not not expecting some big rate reductions coming forward. If they're tweaking, it's probably at a quarter point going down. I just don't see us moving in that world. I know the market's pricing in some rate reduction at the end of the year, and we are looking at, asset allocations and making adjustments and some of the, um, upgrades, you know, one of the things I I've spoken with you about is your fixed index annuities, your fixed interest annuities, your MIGA annuities. This is not variables. This is fixed annuities where the insurance company picks up the risk. And if you've picked up an annuity over the past 20 years, you might, um, Look, at maybe that needs to be updated because your underlying portfolio under that is is from the 1% world where you could get higher caps, higher interest rates going forward, even if interest rates pull back some because you're previously locked into the 1% world of those and you need to update, upgrade to more of that. And that needs to be a consideration. So we're working through that with our clients in the next quarter because there's some talk that the interest rates might pull back. So we want to get maximum value for clients. With that said, I don't feel we're going to get an interest rate reduction this year from that standpoint. So a couple things that uh, we need to think about also that the Fed's not talking about, and that's M2 measure of money, the money supply. After surging about 40% in the past two years of COVID, M2 hit a plateau in early 2022 and then started dropping last summer. M2 is down 4.1% in the past eight months, the steepest decline since the early nineteen 19- If this decline is real, there are some reasons for skepticism, given that the Fed releases this data less frequently than in the past. And if it continues through 2023, then by 2024, the economy could be in not only a recession, but also a sudden sharp decline in inflation,
1: Also, we have a complimentary download waiting for you on this topic if you go to gregoryricks.com slash podcast 103. Again, that is gregoryricks.com slash podcast 103.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Ask Gregory, where we answer your financial questions. You can find us anywhere podcasts can be found and on YouTube and Facebook Live every Saturday from 10 to 1. Subscribe and tune in next time.
1: Investment advisory products and services are made available through AE Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through the insurance business Gregory Rickson Associates, Inc. AE Wealth Management does not offer insurance products. The insurance products offered by Gregory Ricks and Associates, Inc. are not subject to investment advisor requirements. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strengths and claims of the paying ability of the issuing carrier. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as a sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Ricks and Associates is not Permitted to offer and no statement made during the show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the U.S. government or any other governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been attained by sources believed to be reliable, but the accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Ricks and Associates. Please remember that converting an employer plan account to a Roth IRA is a taxable event. Increase the taxable income from the Roth IRA conversion may have several consequences, including but not limited to a need for additional tax withholdings or estimated tax payments, the loss of certain tax deductions and credits, and higher taxes on Social Security benefits and higher Medicare premiums. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions with your IRA. Neither AE Wealth Management or advisors providing investment advisory services through AE Wealth Management recommend or facilitate the buying or selling of cryptocurrencies. Third parties and guests of the show are not affiliated with, nor do their opinions reflect those of Gregory Ricks and Associates or AE Wealth Management. AE Wealth Management provides services without regard to political affiliation and the views of individual advisors do not necessarily reflect the views of AE Wealth Management. We are Ask Gregory.